This year's inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced earlier today. And here to go over the list is our friend and music expert, Eric Elper, who joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Uh, Eric, just before we dig into this year's uh, honorees, I have to say uh, we had you on, of course, to start the week to talk about uh, the great late uh, Neil Peart from uh, Rush. And you mentioned your favorite song was Subdivisions. So I actually went back later that night and watched the, the old video for that song. And it's uh, amazing uh, because it's supposed to be all about just, uh, you know, uh, subdivisions, obviously, in a congested city. And you see the chopper footage of uh, what is uh, Toronto and the Don Valley Parkway. I'm sure back in, like, uh, 84, it seemed like that was really busy. But you look at that video now, and it looks like a Sunday morning on the DVP. (laughs) Especially the uh, footage of a high school with the high school halls. And you're like... Is that Friday afternoon? Because um, back in the day where there was 15 people in an oversized classroom, um, I think that things have changed a little bit since then. Yeah, it just uh, really kind of struck me as uh, funny uh, watching the video. I had a little uh, smile. It's funny how things change. Okay, let's get to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's start with the uh, inductees. Uh, Leading the list has got to be Whitney Houston. Yeah, you know, and for those people out there that are complaining that it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame rather than the R&B Hall of Fame, Whitney Houston probably sings better than anybody else that I've ever heard in my entire life with a five-octave voice. Not only did she have her first four songs hit number one on the Billboard chart, um, I Will Always Love You is one of those absolute unforgettable classics and let's not forget that she brought america together when she sung the star spangled banner right before super bowl i think it was 25 back in 1991 that was just an unbelievable denial of 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 a historic you know just an, an appearance that precedes all of the genres of music that releases the spirit of rock and roll in R&B music. Well, you know, I think uh, two things about that national anthem performance. One is it was the backdrop of the Gulf War. America just uh, gone to war. And uh, secondly, I believe, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but that was back, as you mentioned, 91. Uh, that was before you could lip sync in a stadium of that size. I don't think that sort of technology was around back then. I mean, that was live what we saw. You An excellent point. I think since then, people realized the power of singing in a worldwide audience like the Super Bowl, whether it's the halftime show or whether you're singing the national anthem. And then since then, artists and managers are pretty scared to make a mistake. Um, So they usually lip sync. But, yeah, that was probably one of the last times that we ever saw that. All right. Uh, So, sorry, go ahead. Was number six in terms of the fan voting. Oh, really? It was Whitney. Okay. Uh, because, yeah, maybe we should go over the balloting because it's an international voting body uh, that, uh, as you mentioned, does include uh, fans, but also includes uh, those that have already been inducted and uh, some members of the music industry. Yeah. So there were 16 people that were on the ballot. Um, none of the music industry managers or record label executives are actually on this ballot. Um, but the 16 included um, Dave Matthews, Pat Benatar, the Juby Brothers Soundgarden, and Judas Priest, uh, along with Winnie Houston, Depeche Mode, and Lizzie and Motorhead, among others. The fan voting, Dave Matthews led with over a million votes. Pat Benatar was second with just over 888,000 votes. Both of those artists don't get in 
in the final results. Out of all of the fan votes and the, the academy, there's only a thousand people that get to vote for the final induction. And that's where we end up today with the uh, handful that get in. Okay. Does that seem wrong? Does that seem a little false that the top two Absolutely. picks of the uh, fans do not make it to the, uh, make it through the final cut? For sure. Because at the end of the day, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is like every other museum. It's a it's a tourist attraction and a content provider for HBO or whoever decides to air the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert. So yeah, it's it's nothing more, nothing less than to design um, than for people to come into Cleveland. And the fact that you know Dave Matthews and Pat Benatar, Soundgarden, and Judas Priest, four of the five vote getters didn't get in, um, but the Doobie Brothers being number three on that list that did get in, I think it's a little bit of a snub. And you and I have talked a lot about about negativity and stuff, and I, I hardly ever go there. But this morning, it's kind of like, well, what was the whole exercise and what was the whole point of the fan vote if you're not even going to take it into consideration? Yeah, point well taken. But you also, and this is a, whether it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or a Sports uh, Hall of Fame, Here's the rub. You're right, because these are all tourist attractions to uh, promote uh, whatever it is, music or a professional sports league. But you get this battle between uh, popularity versus, I guess, artistic merit. Well, that's where you end up with with a band like T-Rex, which, you know, is kind of known throughout the music circles as Bang a Gong and maybe one or two other hits. They were last in the fan voting with just over 350,000 votes. They were huge in the UK, but music critics and people in the music industry love T-Rex. So it's kind of like, is it a popularity contest or is it a critical acclaim or is it an industry-wide voting procedure? And what are they voting on? Is it the bands that they like? Is it the bands that made them money when they were working in the music industry? The amazing thing about Hall of Fame is that for the most part, it's always subjective, isn't it? Yeah, well, it does seem a little strange that T-Rex makes the cut, and somebody like Pat Benatar, who has an outstanding catalog, has been a great artist for decades and broke so many barriers, is still on the outside looking in. And no offense to Whitney Houston whatsoever, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right now is sitting at 8% of women inductees. There was no reason whatsoever to not have Pat Benatar in there. Not only was she a leader leading the way with artists like Joan Jett, and heart, but nothing was handed to this woman at a time where women were not taken all that seriously when it came to music, and especially rock and roll. She is absolutely a trailblazer for female rock singers around the world, and it's amazing and so out of touch that she didn't get in this year, especially with the Me Too movement and the women, um, a, a complete lack of women in the music industry in general. Here with music expert Eric Alper as we're going over this year's inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced earlier today. Uh, also getting in, well, let me ask you, I guess, uh, Eric, is there anybody that really stands out uh, for you among the other inductees other than uh, Whitney and T-Rex? I love the fact that Nine Inch Nails and Depeche Mode got in because those were my generation of bands. It yeah. uh, really changed everything about my life and, and dominated the new wave music scene and rock and roll in the 80s and in the 90s. And the fact that they were kind of both outsiders, um, both 
you know, doing what they were doing using electronic music um, in a darker form. The fact that they got in um, is is pretty amazing, and both absolutely deserve it. Depeche Mode selling over 50 million copies around the world, and of course Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails now becoming an Oscar winner. Um, uh, you know, rewriting the rule books on on music and how it's being used in films, uh, in huge blockbuster films. So I love the fact that both of those personally got in there this year. Yeah, you know, Depeche Mode, it's funny, I've kind of gone down a bit of a, a wormhole, if you will, the last uh, couple of months on my playlist, uh, doing a lot of 80s, new wave, first wave uh, music and artists, and Depeche Mode's obviously right there. And you revisit and you listen to that uh, catalog with songs like A Strange Love and Fly on the Windscreen. I mean, it just sets a, a tone as soon as you hear kind of the first few notes or bars of each one of those songs. It just brings you right back to... Uh, and that music uh, actually doesn't sound dated, doesn't sound like, oh yeah, that that's from the 80s it sounds really uh, almost fresh today still absolutely you know I, i've kind of gone through that same little little listening session for a while since that they were on the ballot and you know their early stuff like people are people and everything counts sounds you know very 80s of the time but you go through like behind the wheel or never let me down or some of those amazing songs from the 80s and 90s and don't forget while all of this is happening they're probably one of the biggest selling rock bands when it comes to the concert tours so they were selling out arenas and stadiums across north america um and it kind of took people by surprise which is like which I'm kind of surprised, you know, having said all that, that somebody like Dave Matthews Band, who has had, you know, seven consecutive number one albums, um, selling out around the world, pretty much, you know, one of the biggest draws in music history when it comes to that. Maybe he has to wait a little bit longer, but I wouldn't have been biting an eyelash if Dave Matthews Band got in this year, too. Yeah, I got about 60 seconds, but also want to mention also going in uh, from kind of the management side of things is uh, Irving Azoff, the uh, well-known uh, music uh, manager who famously, of course, managed the Eagles. And I think it was Don Henley who famously, uh, Eric, called him Satan, yeah. but he's our Satan. <laughs> that, that, you want somebody like that on your team. And also John Landau, who managed Bruce Springsteen over the last 45 years, uh, bringing him from virtual obscurity into the international superstar. Uh, both those pretty deserving of the honor as well. All right. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony takes place in May. Eric Alper, appreciate the time as always, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk soon.